हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम अगेन टू माय पॉडकास्ट लाइफ यूनिवर्स एंड एवरीथिंग एंड दिस इज आर फाइनल पार्ट इन द थ्री पार्ट सीरीज ऑन फेमिनिज्म एंड इट्स एनिमीज एंड इन दिस एपिसोड आई बी टॉकिंग अबाउट टू मेजर थिंग्स सो इट विल बी अ स्लाइटली लॉन्गर एपिसोड जनरली आई हैव एन एपिसोड ऑफ फिफ्टीन सिक्सटीन मिनट्स दिस माइट बी अराउंड no 18 minutes or 20 minutes so if you feel it's too long you can actually watch it as in you don't have to like sorry listen to it in one sitting you can you know split it into two and you can listen it uh, that way also so uh, in today's episode i'll be talking about men's rights activism and its relation uh, with feminism and i'll also talk about uh, the persistent glorification of traditional female gender roles let me first start with uh, men's rights activism now uh, again to begin with let me just explain uh, what men's rights as an idea or as a concept generally mean or are supposed to mean so men's rights as an idea or concept in fact do not have a standing of their own i've tried to search for a definition i've tried to search for a uh, you know uh, some positive uh, set of uh, men's rights but i could not find any basically uh, they don't have a standing of their own they are there there are set of rights which are apparently threatened by some rights or some rules and regulation or laws which have been uh, created to protect uh, women's rights and to uh, promote uh, uh, women welfare female welfare right so there are basically a set of rights which are threatened by feminism uh, like for example if i am to describe women's rights things that come to mind for example would be like right to abortion you know right to equal pay for equal work uh, maternity leaves protection against uh, uh, harassment at workplace and uh, domestic violence uh, i mean protection against domestic violence so these are like a set of positive rights uh, which come under uh, women's rights right but uh, for men's rights we don't have such a positive list they basically call uh, to check uh, the abuse the so called abuse of these uh, women's rights and uh, provision in laws which are meant to promote and further the cause of women uh, welfare right now uh, for example if uh, if women participate you know actually uh, let me put it this way men's rights actually uh, is a list of rights which are threatened by women's rights and feminism in a way that they say that if you give any in their terms if you give any special treatment to women by definition it being a special treatment of an affirmative action to further the cause of women's rights it is an encroachment on men's rights right for example i mean it it might sound like an extreme example but it is not okay like if there is a bill tomorrow uh, in the indian parliament to reserve a certain number of seats for women in the parliament uh, this will be something which will constitute something Uh, uh taking a huge chunk away or you know uh, from men's rights basically as in it it will be something which will be seen as a huge encroachment on men's rights so basically according to men's right activists they own everything you just you just can't take anything away that's what the core of their idea is right so uh men's right activists you know would point out and say that see of feminism is taking away and advocating for lesser participation of men if this uh, you know bill for reservation 
a seeds of women uh, you know comes out they'll completely distort the idea and hide the main content that the main content is securing women's rights and not taking away men's rights but this is how men's rights activism work like, like you know they they say a lot of things uh, the narrative is you know tried it's, it's they try very hard to uh, sell the narrative in a way that it is not anti feminism but you go through social media handles of any of these men's rights groups or you know handles or whatever and you'll find venom against feminism they have hashtags like feminism is cancer you know down with feminism these i'm and i'm actually being a bit generous here i mean the extremes to which they go to is just something else you know one common tactic like they use is the cherry picking and misrepresentation of data which i uh, explained in the first episode and yes uh, since we are talking about it i like to uh, apologize that uh, i was calculating the percentage and uh, i ended up just uh, uh, giving the fraction so uh, it was 5% of total domestic violence cases which are found to be false as per ncrb but the narrative is that 80% 90% cases are false or maximum most of these cases are false which again like i said is distortion of data and it's it's just misrepresentation but that this is the narrative these men's rights activists try to sell and you know uh, some of these activists and critics of feminism they selectively highlight you know statistics on specific issues like custody battles or you know uh, workplace fatalities they say that see how many men die at workplace uh, uh, tell us how many women die but the issue is um, w- what they forget is you know they forget the bigger picture they forget the reason why more men die in the workplace is because more men a disproportionate amount of more men work uh, you know have work or you know work in these workplaces like i said labor force participation is almost three times actually it's almost four times than you know women women labor force participation is around 20% and men labor force participation is around 77% which is almost four times so if so many more men are actually working in all kinds of jobs it is natural that they will have uh, you know higher fatality rates i mean it's absolutely natural but they will not point this thing out they will only say see so many more men die and you don't care about men's rights and all these things i'm not saying that you know uh, workplace fatalities or custody battles and all these things don't deserve attention at all they do they do deserve attention and focus it the issue that i have is that you know focusing solely upon uh, you know this this narrative is a very distorted way of looking at these issues you are basically not trying to solve a problem you are trying to bring something else down you know so you are not actually fighting for men's rights you are actually just trying to hurt the feminist movement that is the core you know agenda here they don't actually care about men or men's rights or whatever that they aim to care about you know they claim to care about the only thing that they care about in fact is uh, how can we hurt the feminist movement that's any small incident here and there and they will paint the entire ideology they will paint the entire gender as abusive as constantly misusing these provisions which have obviously is not right it is essential to consider the overall patterns and systemic in- inequalities that women face in these areas like wage gaps representation in leadership roles experiences of violence and harassment at workplaces before you go on to an issue like workplace fertilities i mean i'm not saying you should not talk about it first you should talk you can talk about it first but in the larger picture of things that data is again a very stupid and 
lazy attempt to cherry pick data to sell your agent or push your agent right one thing which everyone must have noticed by now is how men's rights are now taken up more and more by women as a genuine cause you know i see statuses on uh, you know men's rights day or men's day much more than i used to see in past somehow this issue has uh, become a genuine uh, issue a real world problem but let me tell you this is nothing but a very stupid way to seek male validation and aligning with those in power against your own cause against your own gender it is not uncommon this thing is very very common in history it has been seen again and again this thing happened but i will i don't buy it these women who actually think men's rights is an actual issue don't even understand the agenda of this movement they don't know the real issue there if and it does not take a lot of effort just go on their website just go on their social media and in 10 20 15 minutes you will be able to see the agenda is actually not caring about men's rights it's about weakening these protection and laws and regulations which are protecting women against harassment against i'll give you one example one of the prominent men men's rights uh, you know uh, advocacy group or ngo you can call it in india has uh, petitioned and intervened uh, in in a case uh, which is uh, you know in the high court in delhi uh, uh, around uh, criminalization of marital rape they are against it they are against criminalization of marital rape they say that there is no such thing as marital rape uh, marriage is sacrosanct and there anything which happens after marriage is sacrosanct that's what they are saying i mean i don't even think i need to tell you that if someone actually cares about men's rights and in the same tone he also stands for equality that's what they that's what he claims and then says that marital rape or actually rape of any kind cannot exist or does not exist or uh, you know should not be criminalized and women after marriage after a ceremony it can be as sacrosanct as anything can be but after that a woman becomes property of a man and a man can do whatever he wishes with that property is i don't know if that's not hypocrite what is uh, so that's what you know uh, this these organizations you know stand for so this is i will give you another example how they you know try to distort narrative and you know try to sell it to the larger audience some year back ncrb released a data saying that 74% of you know the rape accused uh, men uh, ended up uh, uh, being acquitted and this narrative was uh, you know uh, sold as 74% of all rape cases were false i mean common man who does not understand uh, the basics of you know law or the basics of how these things work will obviously believe this this statement because yeah if if they were true why will they end up in acquittal the thing is acquittal does not mean in all cases it does not mean innocence a case someone might be acquitted because of lack of evidence someone might be acquitted because the witness turned hostile someone might be acquitted is acquitted that the victim uh, herself turned hostile and did not uh, you know give any statement out of fear and many things and so many of these cases are also settled out of court because the uh, the victim and the accused are related and known and people in this country are always worried about family honor and all these things so all these cases are also settled out of uh, you know court and the accused is acquitted that does not mean that he did not commit that crime 
but this data again is so distorted is so you know misrepresented that i just can't begin to tell you and i am not saying that false rape cases does not do not exist or they do not happen they do happen and this these definitely there are people uh, who misuse these provisions but then those are exceptions that is all i am trying to say and this attempt this men's right activism is an attempt to weaken these laws which protect women and i want all the women to understand this that when they take this flag up and you know you know very proudly they wave it and saying we stand for men's rights you are actually saying that i want my rights to be taken away you have to use your brain you have to be more aware you have to read more you have to make yourself you know see through these agendas and then only you should take up a cause if you think you know it is actually a cause people don't know you know how many these how these things work being in service i know for example so many of these cases do not even get reported and so many studies multiple studies have been done whereby it has been you know concluded time and again that a majority of cases don't get reported so if you include even those cases in the data it's it's just absurd it's absurd to say that these many cases are false it's just absurd i also know that there is a phenomena called counseling of the victim which exists and in so many cases the counseling the only counseling which is given is to not lodge the case it is disheartening and discouraging but that is a very sad truth you know i am personally aware of an instance where uh, an is officer uh, wanted help of a senior uh, you know police official uh, because her friend was suffering from domestic violence and he want she wanted some help and guidance on how to go about uh, registering the case but the police official plainly said and both of them were female the police officer plainly said that women at times must accept this as their destiny there is there is nothing that she will gain out of registering this case imagine this is an officer saying this to a fellow officer what must be the scenario and what things must be happening to ordinary women every day so th- i mean men's rights to me the way they are sold the way they are you know portrayed is a joke i am not saying that men do not suffer i am not saying that there are not issues and but those issues are actually related to the society being patriarchal that's why men men suffer it's not because of feminism it's not because of these special laws and regulations which are there to protect the vulnerable in this case women that was uh, me about uh, men's rights now let me move on to the last uh, segment which is glorification of traditional gender roles you know and for uh, for a for for an example uh, in this uh, traditional uh, gender role i'll take uh, i'll be talking about motherhood you know the idolization of motherhood is a very deeply rooted culture and societal norm and it is surely and undoubtedly the most important and valued role and uh, i myself uh, you know love my mother above anything else and the love and care that she has given me is the true unconditional uh, love that i have seen and that love obviously does not exist but having said all of all of this i would also like to say that idolization of motherhood or any other traditional gender role can be and has been weaponized against feminism i am not saying that murder is not is not something important i am not saying it i just said it is it is very important perhaps the most important relationship uh, you know uh, any kid has but again i am talking about idolization of motherhood and similar traditional gender roles which you know uh, have been weaponized to bring feminism down 
my problem with uh, you know weaponization of motherhood motherhood is that traditional roles like motherhood you know they assign women the primary responsibility for 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 caregiving for nurturing and this limits their opportunities for personal and professional development you know at, at the same time they allow men to be men you know they allow men to do all the things have a life have be independent earn money have friends of their own age go out explore the world while women have to stay back home they have to you know take and even if they are working they have to do everything but they have to take care of the baby on their own so this this problem with uh, you know traditional gender role like motherhood is something which i have never been able to understand i have spoken to you i don't even know how many women on this topic mothers mostly and while every single one obviously loves their child unconditionally none of them says it without having some regret about their personal life while they were going through this change that regret is not related to motherhood they all say that being a mother was probably not probably actually the most important and most wonderful experience of their life but the regret is that i have heard most is more related to you know like you know they they wish like if they could have also worked alongside raising the kid regret is like you know why the responsibility of raising the kid was only theirs the regret is you know how many how how they had to sacrifice on their careers and at times their careers were cut short and much more you know these are the regrets which i hear most motherhood is when you know when motherhood is idealized to the point where it becomes a defining aspect of a woman's identity it can reinforce the notion that a woman's worth lies solely in her ability to bear and raise good children i mean again this is something sound this something this something which sounds very simple but you have to look at it the responsibility generally ends up being the women's not the parents as a whole this undermines feminist progress and by reinforcing gender stereotypes you know it restricts women's choice and aspiration and it is useless to you know talk about this thing in most cases with the new mothers because obviously they are going through such a huge change and such a wonderful change in their lives and they feel at that moment that motherhood is some of the is the biggest blessing and i don't blame them but when you talk with mothers who have been you know mothers for some time and their kids have grown up that's when you come to hear the other side of the story you know they do agree that motherhood was very fulfilling and very rewarding but compromising career you know compromising on personal health not being able to take care of themselves and not being able to focus on their own well-being losing their financial independence and all these things come with motherhood in most cases you know another aspect of this is when motherhood is glorified and expected to be the ultimate fulfillment for women it can create a societal pressure and judgment for women who choose the alternative path and prioritize their careers and you know they choose that they don't want to be mothers at least for some time you know this can lead to and this does lead to devaluation and marginalization of women who do not conform to this idealized image of motherhood it also undermines the broader goal of gender equality by limiting women's agency and reinforcing traditional gender roles as the most important and you know this judgment is not just by older men or older you know uh, women or older generations even the young generation has this uh, you know judgment so it's it's not about you know generations it's not about education it is just about how a society is set up yet another dimension to this is Uh, how systematically this works you know if you if you think about it the glorification of motherhood and the absence of choice but to give in and accept motherhood 
is 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 a very systematic you know and uh, you know symbiotic relationship like policies and societal expectations that prioritize motherhood over women's professional aspirations are so much in sync for example like you know you have limited maternity leave you have lack of affordable child care you have you know workplace discrimination against mothers you know careers cut short as soon as bosses come to know that a, a woman is pregnant all these things contribute to challenges faced by women who want to be mothers then what happens they are given a very very impossible choice to choose between being a mother and their careers and obviously the societal expectations uh, points and wants them to be mothers so what will they choose they will obviously choose motherhood and cut their career short this impossible choice is a very systematic way it works in a very systematic way and it forces women to pick motherhood and traditional gender roles time and again now the solution to this is not what you know the solution to this is not that uh, motherhood should be something which you know women should avoid or should be absolutely not we have to work that this is not an impossible choice to me that people should be able to freely choose between being a mother right now or being a mother after few years right now i want to focus on my career or when they want to become a mother they should and must get you know a deal where they are not the only ones who are responsible for raising a kid and i am not saying that women can't do both they can do both and they do both but then again it's a very small percentage and even in that women somehow feel compelled to show that they are in fact doing a great job by balancing work and motherhood and seek validation uh, for for this job well done and it's not their fault because they are forced like i said they forced in very indirect ways where they have to prove this that they are doing a great job balancing their job and work oh, sorry they have uh, their job and motherhood they have to seek this seek this validation you know working mothers mother who work all these hashtags and all these things why do you think they these things do around do you don't see these hashtag like you know working fathers or fathers who work so it's it's very it's very common sense uh, you know it's a very basic common sense to see that you know that this is a very very forced and indirect way of again uh making women feel guilty that you know you have a kid and you still working it it has to stop you know mother is not something which can be spoken against obviously and i am not trying to do so either i am not speaking against motherhood i am speaking against how women are forced into these traditional gender roles without asking them without taking their choice without you know giving them a choice and when they even choose it without providing them sufficient support without providing them a deal where they are equal and you know where the responsibilities are shared equally i mean i'm i'm sure if if asked a mother would want to raise a kid obviously a woman would want to raise a kid most of the times but she would definitely want to have a father who or a partner who shares responsibilities she would herself also want to have a career like a partner or the father she would also want to be able to spend time with people of her age in the prime of her life and have meaningful conversations with people of her age like the father and her partner she would also want to live outside and move in the world outside and explore new things and learn new things like people her age are doing that's all what i am arguing for so thank you guys these were the two things that i wanted to discuss and talk about in this episode uh, i hope you liked it and uh, uh i'll be waiting for your feedback uh thank you so much for tuning in and uh, you know stay fit and uh, see you uh, 
<laughs> I mean, uh, I'll see you again uh, next week. Next week with uh, perhaps some another interesting topic. Take care. Bye bye.